Psalm 100, verses 1 to 5. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Reading from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord uh, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling out, calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts, and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Thanks very much. And that's, that's the reading we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, I do have a, a message from Andrew, which came through on my phone, um, while we were worshipping. And I asked him this morning, have you got any notices? And he said, no. And then he texts me. He says, yes, tell people to praise God and listen to him. Also, you can mention the afternoon length group starting Thursday afternoon at noon at church. So there we go. I've mentioned it. If you need any more information, please phone Andrew. But not today. Another thing to mention is I got a flyer through my door. Looks really, really good. Big church day out. Um, It's actually in East, well, West Sussex at Whiston House. Um, And it's basically, it's over two days, May the 28th and the 29th, which is Bank Holiday Weekend. Um, And if you're interested in worship, 
and just generally worshipping God. It's, I think I'm going to go. Um, there's Matt Redman, Chris Tomlin, who wrote Forever God is Faithful, David Crowder Band, who are a very, very wacky Christian band, but they're really good. Israel Houghton, who's a Houghton, Houghton, whatever, um, who's a gospel singer, Newsboys, um, Graham Kendrick's there, Stuart Townend. It's, it's going to be a fantastic day, fantastic two days. You can even camp if you want to. Um, so I've left some flyers outside if you need to know some more information. That's that. So, why are you here today? That's what I'm looking at this morning. Um, I saw a, a program the other day, and there was an episode where there was a minister and a congregation, and it's where I got the idea from, really. And the minister stood up before the congregation. It was a really big church, but there was only four people sat in the church. And he looked out and he said, you know, it's really good that you're here. And, you know, I give thanks to God that there's at least a handful of us who have made the effort to come and who have come to feed on the word of God and who don't believe that God is less important than the football game that's now on TV. Suddenly, the young man in the back pew jumps up. Oh, no, I forgot about the football game and runs out. And I thought that was fantastic. That's Andrew, don't go. Don't go, Andrew. Um, and I look around and wonder sometimes, is there anything better we should be doing than to be here this morning? You know, there's, there's housework to be done. My room is a complete tip. And my excuse is that I'm at church this morning. That's, that's what I told my mum anyway. Um, you know, there's books to read. There's Facebook to go on to. There's websites to design, Steve. And an E2 page to update. Um, oh, I thought I'd dig at you there, mate. Um, there is roast dinners to put in the oven. Elaine, have you done that yet? You, you have. So I should, should I hurry up? Okay. I'll phone 99 now then. Um, so there's plenty of things we could be doing. We could be playing football. We could be playing rugby. You know, some of us have to postpone a visit to Warrington to Marks and Spencers to come here this morning. You know, that, that's the reality of it. Some of us have to postpone these things. And, but I, I also suspect for some that the answer is habit. And to tell the truth, not all habits are bad. Although we tend to speak in terms of good habits as discipline. You know, there's things like study habits, exercise routines, which I will be getting on soon. Um, good financial management, which I, I do need. And budgeting, they're all good habits, good self-discipline. And attending worship, attending here this morning, is a good spiritual habit. And some of us are here because it's our habit. Not a bad thing, it's a good thing. But there's something lacking in the answer. Because sometime earlier in our lives, we didn't come to worship out of habit. And we had to make the decision that this was a discipline we wanted to follow. So why did we make that decision? Others may have come to worship because we're struggling with God. And... Or we're grieving, or we've lost someone, or we're hurting, we're lonely. And our attendance here this morning is part of finding the answers for that. Others may be here against our will. You know, it, it might be your wife has made you come, or your husband's made you come. 
maybe your wife is bigger than you are. Or maybe your wife made you come here and if you want to live your life smoothly, you go. Maybe it's role reversal. And there's a story told of a man who was enjoying a really pleasant sleep in his bed. And he uh, contemplated getting up to watch match of the day, but you know, he said, I'll stay in bed for a bit. And his wife suddenly burst in, yanked the covers off him, and announced, time to get up and get to, to go to church. And he said, no, 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 just another five minutes. And she said, I was actually going to use Andrew and Sally, but as an example, I won't. She said, Thomas, you've got to go, you're the minister. I, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think, does Andrew ever done that in the morning? I, I think he has. I think, I, I'm going to ask him. That, oh, so, why do we come here? Why come to worship? And our reading in Isaiah is a great place to look for the answers to these questions. Now, for the past 3,000 years, worship has found its basis in this chapter. And the order of our worship is set out in this chapter of Isaiah. And there's a few points that I want to kind of bring out of that reading. And if you're wondering why do we have the psalm reading, because I love it. That is why. Um, True worship, worship in a church, is not an escape from reality. It is something that happens in the midst of life. And we saw in our prayers of intercession that things just go on, but we still come to worship. And Isaiah begins this passage with an interesting statement. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So when I was thinking, like, what does it mean? It's like saying, in the year the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, I worshipped God. In the year that Kennedy was assassinated, I worshipped God. In the year of the London bombings, I worshipped God. In the riots, I worshipped God. In the year that I was married, I worshipped God. In the year my friend died, I worshipped God. And in the middle of life, in experiences good and bad, I was worshipping the Lord. Now, worship in church can never be oblivious to what is happening outside of the world. Why do we worship God? It's not to escape life, it's to deal with life out there. It's not to escape it, it's to deal. That's the first point. And if you want worship inside of this church to be true worship, then you bring in with you all your baggages. That's why we sung Cassie Burns onto Jesus. I, I don't actually like the song, but it fitted in quite well. Um, and you bring in everything that you've got. And in the Old Testament Psalms, in Psalm 86, uh, 67, says this, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. In the day of my trouble, I will call to you, for you will answer me. It's a natural part of worship to bring with you the concerns of life. We gather here and we bring the fears and we bring the worries of our families, the concerns of the world, and we lift them up in prayer just like we did. And we seek God's comfort and guidance. So why do we worship God? Because our lives are full of concerns and issues that we have to, and we have to have some place to bring it, and church is an amazing place. But true worship also focuses on God, surprisingly enough. And this is where many of us make a mistake. We assume that worship focuses on us. 
You know, I've heard many times people talk about how they're struggling in their worship life because they aren't being fed. And have you, have you ever heard anyone say that? I mean, I've said it. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say I haven't. And they say, I'm not being fed. I'm not getting anything out of worship. I'm not being nurtured by worship. I don't get a blessing out of worship. Well, there is a really good answer for this. You know, there's a legitimate, that is a legitimate question with some people. But what concerns me is that I never ever hear people saying about whether or not God has been blessed in the worship service. Whether or not God has been blessed in this place. I never hear anyone concerned about whether God is enjoying worship or not. So why do we worship? We worship so that we can get something out of the experience, but we also, firstly, worship so God can get something out of it. And until God gets something out of our worship, we never will. Until God is blessed, we won't be blessed. All too often we treat worship as something that is supposed to entertain us. I went to a a church a few weeks ago called Audacious, um, which is, from my perception, it was a mega church. Because I'd I'd seen it on YouTube. And I I have a a thing about big churches where you go in and there's all the fancy revolving lights, big staging, um, really, really good bands. But it's more like a performance And I think I went with the wrong perception because I really really enjoyed it. And it was fantastic. And it didn't turn out to be what I thought it was going to be. And I was really able to worship God through that. I was able to go and not be involved in the service for once and worship. It was absolutely fantastic. So sometimes we think it's meant to entertain us, but it isn't. What is most important is that God enjoys the worship experience, that he enjoys our singing. We are here to worship him. We're not here to worship the person next to you. We're here to worship God. And in Isaiah, the prophet goes to the temple and he says, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. It is the presence of God that fills this place. Worship also focuses, well, not also, always focuses on God. And worship always begins, or it should always begin, with an awareness of God's holiness. And, and I believe in many churches we've, we've lost that aspect. And there was a time when people were so aware of this aspect of worship that the very churches themselves were constructed in that way. And I, I went to a cathedral in Paris, and cathedrals are amazing places. And that was constructed... So people will go in and feel God's presence. And I, I just think that's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And to go into a place and to fill with God's awe and wonder is probably one of the greatest things you can ever do. Now it's difficult to walk around one of the cathedrals in Europe or Liverpool or Manchester. And they were built centuries ago without feeling that awe and wonder. The quiet places, the, the slight aroma of incense and candles the artistry of the stained glass windows. I love going up to the prayer room where we've got a really good stained glass window and it's just great just to sit, turn the light on and just be in God's presence. And in recent years, theology and worship have emphasized that personal nature of God, the love of God, the joy of God, 
to such a degree that for some reason we've forgotten that our God is also an awesome God. We've almost reformed God into a little friend or a little buddy or someone to pal around with. We've forgotten that God is so much bigger than that. He's the air that we breathe. He's the song that we sing. He's a holy and awesome God. And to be in his presence is to be filled with wonder and that is the greatest place you can be. When Moses was aware of God's presence in the burning bush, Moses was afraid. And when Jacob had a dream of a staircase or a ladder to heaven, he woke up and he was afraid. He was shaken. He was filled with fear. Because he said, surely the Lord is present, and he didn't know it. And the Bible says he was filled with awe time and again when people are aware of the presence of God. The Bible describes the experience as one filled with awe and even fear. So why do we come today to worship God? Because he is holy and his holiness demands our attention. Worship also helps us to understand ourselves and our shortcomings. And it also helps us to seek God's forgiveness. In Isaiah, it says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And immediately the prophet cries out, Woe to me! And he speaks of his own sinfulness. And you cannot come into the presence of God without becoming aware of God's holiness. And without becoming aware of our own unholiness. When Paul in his letter to Romans, which is in Romans 3, I think, um, says this, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. As people who have fallen short of the glory of God, it is impossible to approach his presence without being aware of our own shortcomings and sins. That's why in our worship we say the Lord's Prayer, a prayer of confession. And our confession results in God's forgiveness. In, in, in Isaiah again, the prophet becomes aware of the holiness of God, which moves him to become aware of his own sinfulness and to admit that sin. And that confession leads to the free forgiveness of sins. Um, in the reading, it's, it says um, symbolically to take a hot coal and he touches the lips of the prophet as a gesture that declares his sins are forgiven. In one of John's letters in the New Testament, um, John 1, 8-9, we are told, If we say we have no sin, we would deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our faults, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. And cleanse us from unrighteousness. So why do we worship? Another reason is to be able to experience that forgiveness. We need to hear the same message the prophet Isaiah heard. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Another reason we come to worship is that our lives will be different. And the difference should be in terms of service. And worship at its best always motivates the worshipper to roll up his sleeves and get to work. I, I really love this comment that I found a few days ago. Enter to worship, depart to serve. Enter to worship, depart to serve. And in the language of the Bible, the word for worship and the word for service is the same. Worship and service go hand in hand together. And in the Christian life... I believe one cannot have worship without service to follow. And in the, in the reading that we had before, the prophet Isaiah 
is in the temple worshipping God and he hears the call to worship with the angels singing, holy, holy, holy. Now he is moved to confess his sins, which is followed by the assurance of his pardon. And he hears the word of God proclaimed, hearing the voice of God saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And what follows then is the service, the actual work of the people of God. The rolling up of the sleeves and the reaching out to others. In the reading, the prophet said, here I am, send me. And true worship will always result in service. We cannot enter the church to worship without departing in his world to serve. That's what I believe. So why are we here? Why do we come to worship today? We came here in part to be challenged to do something outside. So the question for us today is not why do we worship or why do we come to church today when there are other things we could be doing. The real question is what will we do when we leave this place? For Isaiah said, for the prophet Isaiah was sent out to speak a message to the people. Well the question for us is what are we sent out to do? What is God calling you to do this week? Who is it in your life that you need to love a little bit more? Who is it in your community that you need to reach out to just that little bit harder? Who is it that you know that is not coming to church that maybe you should invite to Thomas Risley this morning? And we started this morning asking the question, why are we in worship? And one of the main reasons we come to worship is to discover the answer to the question, what do we do after we come to worship? What is God calling us to do? And that is a hard question to answer. I can't answer that for you. But it's one that we come here each week to seek. That's what I believe. And it is an answer that changes every week because the opportunities and the challenges change every single week. What is God calling you to do this week? What God calls us to do from one week to the next may change, but our response should always be, here I am, send me. And it may be that God's calling you to give over your fears. Maybe God's calling you to increase your passion for him. So I believe a passionate church is a loving church and a serving church. And a, a, a spirit-filled church should also be a passion-filled church. So down here to my left, I've got some notepads. I've got some pens, brightly colored stickers, and the cross. Um, Dave, I can just invite you up. Um, I'm just going to get Dave to play, and we're just going to respond to what God's been saying this morning. Um, and just give us some time to meditate, and then we're going to end with a, a time of worship and praise. And what I want you to do, I just if you feel you want to, just come up, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, take it back to wherever you are if you want, and just write down anything you want to give to God this morning. It's just a symbol, then just come and stick it on the cross, and then if you want to at the end, people can take it away. So we can pray about that as a church. So, David, if you could just. Yeah.